0: And welcome back. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me again today. We are in the series on the eight A's that kill healthy partnerships. These are eight elements. Uh, that if they exist in a business partnership in any robust form, two or more or three or more, chances are they're just going to kill the partnership. And so today we're in the seventh of those eight A's, and today we're going to look at ambiguity and how ambiguity, while not nearly as serious as addictions or abuse or arrogance, can still be very damaging uh, to a business partnership. But before we uh, get started, I just want to ask you to head over to bibleandbusiness.com, Take a look at the articles and the podcasts there. Uh, you can also download the slides in PDF format for this broadcast. And I'll also ask that you take a moment and subscribe to this YouTube channel for Bible and Business. Okay, our topic today is ambiguity. And let's uh, just go ahead and dive right in. First of all, what is ambiguity? I I characterize ambiguity as as a couple of different things. One is that you say one thing, but you mean another. For example, you might say, well, this is maybe to a a direct report, you might say, if you'd like, you could call the customer today and see how they're doing. When what you really mean is, call that customer now because we're about ready to lose this account. Uh, That's an example of being ambiguous. Another one is just incomplete communication. It's what I call it. An example of this is you you might say, I want you to loop me in into what's happening here. okay? please loop me in. And what you really mean is, please send me a daily report on how many widgets we're selling. You see how the second is much more clear and to the point than the first. And what loop me in means to you and what loop me in means to your employees might be two very different things. And we're going to talk about how those kinds of ambiguities create conflict points and really aren't good for you or your company. Look, anytime a listener has to read between the lines or read your mind in order to know what you really mean when when you say things then you're being ambiguous, and you need to clean up your speech and, frankly, become a lot more direct and open with the people that you work with. Uh, A Bible verse that I rely on here for this is Matthew 5.37, and this is just part of the verse. But in the Christian Standard Bible, uh, this is probably the the, uh, translation I'm most familiar with. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. In other words, let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Uh, In commenting about this, I I looked at a couple commentaries on this, and uh, Dr. Allen here in the Critical and Exegetical Commentary uh, says this, let your statements carry with them the assurance of their accuracy. Now, when you go back, and you look at the accuracy here, let's just take uh, the first one, for example. If you'd like, you could call the customer today and see how they're doing, when really what you mean is, call the customer now. Uh, when, when you look at the, that, it, the ambiguous statement is not very accurate. It's, gen, it's directionally accurate or generally accurate, but it is not accurate in and of itself. You mean call the customer now, we're close to losing this account, you have a sense of urgency, but if you say, well, if you'd like, you could call the customer today and see how they're doing, then that doesn't uh, really communicate what you're thinking, and it doesn't communicate the urgency that you have about it. So it's really not very accurate. Craig Blomberg, who is still at Denver Seminary, wrote this in his New American Commentary. Jesus' followers should be people whose words are so characterized by integrity that others need no formal assurance of their truthfulness in order to trust them. In other words, what you can trust what we say is true. You can trust what we say is accurate. But I really like what Bill Hendrickson said here in his commentary. The real solution of the problem is in the heart. In that heart, truth should reign supreme. Hence, in daily conversation with his fellow men, a person should avoid O's altogether. Instead, let him become so truthful, so thoroughly dependable, that his words are believed. When he wishes to affirm something, let him simply say yes. And when he desires to deny something, let him simply say no. Um, Really, what we're after here is to say that your statements have to be truthful and they have to be accurate. Coming back here on the incomplete communication, please loop me in into what's happening. What you mean is please send me a daily report. It's just as easy to say something that's accurate and clear as it is to say something indirect or ambiguous. So a couple of notes here. Ambiguity is resolved through simplicity and truthfulness. You get away from ambiguousness by becoming simply uh, true and truthfully simple. So I like the combination of simplicity and truthfulness. You don't have to say a lot of words. The more words you say, frankly, the more you will become complex rather than simple. So say what you mean simply and directly and be truthful about it. I think ambiguity, the results of ambiguity is gaps. That's what I call gaps. People are wondering what was meant by what you said, and then since they don't—they really don't have any other place to go, they're going to act on their own interpretation. They're gonna hear it, they're going to interpret it, and they're going to act on their own interpretation. And where there's gaps, they're just gonna fill in the blanks on their own with their own experience, with what they think they ought to be doing. Maybe they'll connect some dots with what you said earlier, and, uh, and they fill it in that way. But whatever it is, when you create gaps, or what I call blanks or gaps, people will wonder what you meant, and they're going to act on their own interpretation, and they're going to fill stuff in. If a whole team is trying to interpret what you said, then you're gonna create conflict on that team because different people will hear different things, okay? And over time, ambiguous communication can create exasperation as people become tired of interpreting your ambiguous communications, whether it's emails, whether it's vocal, whatever. So I believe the ambiguity is resolved through simplicity and truthfulness. Now, when you stop to think about it, how does ambiguity harm a partnership? Well, the same problem which ambiguous communication creates between a manager and a direct report is also created within the partners. So, the less clear a partner is, the more likely it is that the partners won't understand what was said, and they're they're going to respond to it however they interpret it. And if they respond in a way that you didn't intend, uh, then that's going to create a clash point. And it's not because they are being out of line. It's because you've been ambiguous and you've caused them to maybe act in a way that they normally wouldn't have acted had you just been simple and clear and truthful in your communications. So a partner who is ambiguous Needs to learn to have confidence in his communications. I think uh, sometimes we're ambiguous because we're not sure that other people are going to accept a more clear message, or we're not sure that we're uh, going to be able to walk away unscathed, or we're not—you know—we don't want to make them angry or something, and so we become a little bit ambiguous. So we need to overcome that internal editing, trying to guarantee a certain reaction based on how we say something. Uh, What we need to do instead is just be clear and be truthful, be loving for sure, because if you become too truthful and you become too brutally honest with unvarnished truth, chances are uh, you're going to create a whole nother set of problems uh, that you really don't need in life. Okay, so what is ambiguity? It's saying one thing but meaning another, or it's incomplete, kind of sideways, indirect communication. The scriptures tell us to be clear and truthful. Let your yes be yes. That's clear. It's simple. It's truthful. Let your no be no. It's clear. It's simple. It's truthful. And um, resolve your ambiguity in your communications by just being clear and simple and yet truthful. And I don't have it here on the slides, but I'm going to add loving. Loving. Be lovingly clear and simple in your communications, and that will resolve any problems that you might have with ambiguity. Next episode, we're going to look at a person who is autocratic or autocraticness. Um, This is a person who really lords it over everyone else, and uh, uh, one of the common words I think that we'll use in the next episode is a micromanager. They're autocratic. Okay, so uh, that's what we're going to do in the next episode, and that will be the last one of this series on the eight A's that kill healthy partnerships. So until uh, we see each other again in the next episode, I want to thank you for joining today. Thank you for uh, checking in. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can do that just by emailing me at bill at com bill at bible and business.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And please drop me a line as soon as you can. Let me know how you're doing. And let me know what you think of these videos, too. I'd be interested to hear uh, your thoughts on that. So again, until the next episode, thanks for joining me and go out and make it a great day. Take care.